0: amen why don't you just say to someone words are important they're powerful very good you're is that who who said that susky you, I, I assume that it it really is it, it's great to be here today and pastor ryan has allowed me to uh kick off this um, new series on words the next couple of weeks we're going to talk to you about words and uh <clears throat> for the last six months i've been uh really dwelling on the word aware, aware, A-W-A-R-E, aware. In fact, uh, <clears throat> I've already started the procedure to uh, write a new book on aware. And uh, I want to tell you, it's been an interesting journey uh, because when it when started to come over me, so to speak, um, I really was having a very hard time connecting the dots, finding the scripture, uh, really trying to deal with the whole thing but then it just started to unfold about a month ago. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Houston at a gathering of a bunch of our ministers from Grace International uh, at our uh, south campus uh, in Houston, which is, a, if you're ever in Houston, go to that church. It's, it, the auditorium seats 10,000. An individual place. It's a big room. And uh, uh, what, what we're really trying to accomplish there and what we want to accomplish here, not only through our words, but through our awareness, is to really, really zero in on what's going on around us. And uh, we live in interesting times. Probably 25 years ago, I preached a message entitled uh, Five Things to Do If You Miss the Rapture. I mean, the rapture, you know, that's the taking away of the church, for those of you that don't know. The Bible says that at some point, the trump of God's going to sound, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we that are alive and remain, be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And there were signs at that time, and but the, and, and now we just a couple, three weeks ago, a couple Saturdays ago, we were supposed to get our release, but it didn't happen. Are you there? But people actually were listening. The news media was following it. 25 years ago, you wouldn't even got a clip on it. Why is that? Earthquakes in diverse places. We're seeing uproars, wars, rumors of wars, wars that are continuing. Uh, unbelievable natural disasters that are taking place. I spent a lot of time in Joplin, Missouri, when I was in college. I would go there on the weekends and sell wherever cookware door to door. I actually wondered if any of my cookware got disrupted during that. uh, uh. But the whole thing, you know, that we can can be aware of this, that things are happening. Unprecedented things are happening. And, And people are beginning to see, wait a minute, something might be happening. Then the real thing about this is one of the gifts that I always thought that I had or developed was being aware of people, leading people to Christ. There are many people in this room that we one-on-one, and I, I, I brought you to a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, I do it all the time. It's just something that I live in my neighborhood, on airplanes, no matter where I am. And normally what I'm looking for are things that are indicators that you know people are, are, are thinking about what's going on. In fact, I just got an email last week, uh, a couple days ago really, from a fellow that I met on an airplane, shared the Lord with about two years ago. And he was having difficulty in his marriage. And I prayed what i talked about. I get an email from him two years after the fact. And he, he wanted to thank me for sharing with him. And they, they're, they're really getting their lives together. How to be aware. And I believe... And so people would tell me, Well, Arnie, you're just good at that. You know, you, you're just good at it. That's just what you're good at. And after a while, you begin to think, You know what? Yeah, probably I am. I'm just good at it. But then you reel back and realize that what we become is something that's developed. And then we we see that Jesus wants to give all of us some acute awareness. You can learn this in the natural realm. Back in 2004, when uh, President Bush came through and was at uh, the Brown County Arena, uh, I was asked to pray at that event and got relatively close to the president. And as I was watching what was going on, it wasn't about about every five or six yards sprinkled through the crowd was the secret, Secret Service unbelievable watching those guys. Man, they are so tuned in and so aware of what was happening in that room because they're there to protect the president, to be aware. And then uh, some of you have heard me tell this a number of years ago. uh, My good friend Dale Oquist, who now pastors in uh, and worked for me for many years pastoring now in Fresno, California, very large church there that God has opened up. He's doing a great job. But I visited Dale when he was in Phoenix uh, with Tommy Barnett and uh, <clears throat> he took Chad and I to the Rick Bondurant School of Driving. And that's where they train all the race car drivers and even bring in people, if they're gonna do a movie on, on, on driving, they'll bring in the actors to uh, practice there, at least get a feel for what's going on. And uh, that was sort of fun. I got in the back of one of these high-powered Mustangs and we were whipping around. And really, I literally told them, get me out of here or I'm gonna be blowing chunks all over this car. I mean, it was something. But but then after that was over, they offer something else for the average American, and that's what they call a defensive driving course. And he puts us in a van and takes us through some cones, and he began to talk about everything. And the key word, if you want to be a good driver, you've got to be aware. And he talked about watching what's going on around you, watching what's happening in the rearview mirror. Most people don't look far enough down the road. So... And and by the time he was done with this, and he said, if we could run every 16-year-old in America through this course, we would cut highway deaths and and, and teen accidents almost to zero because you make them aware. Now, I want you to realize that in the spiritual realm, and what God is beginning to say to me, and uh, something that I've sort of lived in, but I believe it's available to everybody in this room. My mother's here. Uh, I'm the middle child of six. Of all of the kids, in, and my mom would, 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 I think, I hope she would, tell you that I was probably the shyest of all six. Would you agree, Mom? She's, yep. And so it wasn't like, I mean, I just was always out as a little kid, you know, flipping the neighbors over to come to church and, and talking about Jesus. Are you with me? In fact, giving a speech in a high school uh, speech class. I mean, I, my knees would knock. I wouldn't sleep the night before. I always covered a little bit with it, trying to be a little funny. But the reality is, Jesus said, I will make you to become. And I believe that a lot of us are missing tremendous opportunities. Pastor Ryan and I were talking a few weeks ago about divine appointments, where you seem like, and all of us have had them. But I, believe, I want to tell you right now, I believe that many of you miss everyday divine appointments that God wants to open up just because you're really not aware of what's going on around you. And I want, to, I want to preface this now. We're going to use the word aware. Please bring your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. Many times we project the Scripture up and uh, take notes or, or just get this in your mind. today, if you know how to spell the word aware, I'm going to do a little acrostic on it just for a few moments here. And and you're going to be getting some of the basic stuff that I'm going to develop into a little book called Aware. And see, this doesn't only help you as a Christian, but it will help you in school. It will help you on the job. It will help you every way. And I believe that God wants to just visit you with a spirit of awareness so that you can really tune in to what's going on around you in the spiritual world, in the natural world, in every aspect. And I will tell you this, I think that God wants to give that to you because He wants to raise us in the church of Jesus Christ a level above the ordinary. In fact, He wants to make us extraordinary. I've always said this, I think that if, if the church collectively and corporately would come to a place where they can be all that they could be, They would be the number one hires. They would be getting promoted. We would be the best that we could be, but we've sort of lulled ourselves to sleep. We're not aware. I mean, if you can train secret servicemen, if you can train salespeople, why then cannot we in the church be trained? I'm a classic example. I am using an iPad to preach today. If someone would have told me, uh, even a few months ago, that I would take a shot at doing this because I always call myself a technical cripple, I still limp severely in that area. Ted Gusmer could come up and probably do much better with this than me. But you know, you always want to stretch yourself, right? So let's allow ourselves now to be stretched in a realm that will make us all that we can be in the church of Jesus Christ. I think the phone should ring off the hook. In every born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing church, even in this economy, when the unemployment now rate is creeping back up in over 9%, I think we should have 100% employment. I think we should be the key workers on every job. I think we should be the most desirable students. I think we should be the most desirable neighbors. Somebody say amen. amen. Now that I've unloaded that part, we'll underline this with Scripture. Aware. Let's pray. Father, now in these next few moments that you've given me, Lord, as you begin to develop something and birth something that is so simple And so easily moved into, we bind the spirit of fear. Because that spirit of fear comes over us in the natural and in the spiritual in every area of our life. And Lord, your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear. But you've given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So I receive that today. And I bind the fear. Lord, I bind those who would sit here and say, well, that's easy for him to say. But, Lord, let us see what Your Word has to say, and then let's just quickly walk through this simple little Word Aware and see what it has to say to us today. I'm reading from the Message Bible uh, translation, and I'm uh, looking at Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 48, and it says this, On His return, Jesus was welcomed by a crowd. They were all there expecting Him. A man came up, Jairus by name, He was president of the meeting place. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his home because his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, was dying. Jesus went with him, making his way and pushing through the crowd. Now you have to understand, Jesus now has been summoned to this man's house to pray for his daughter who is dying. And then if you would read further, which I'm not going to do, you'll find out that Jesus went to the house and she was healed. But in this process, I want you to zero in on these next verses with me. In that crowd that day, there was a woman who for 12 years had lost everything she had and been afflicted with a hemorrhage. She had spent every penny she had on doctors, but no one was able to help. She slipped in from behind and touched the edge of Jesus' robe. At that very moment, her hemorrhaging stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? Say that, who touched me? Jesus said, who touched me? When no one stepped forward, Peter said, but Master, we've got crowds of people on hand. Dozens of people have touched you. Jesus insisted someone touched me because I felt the power being discharged from me. When the woman realized that she couldn't remain hidden, she knelt trembling before him in front of the people, she blurted out her story, why she touched him, and how at the same time and that very moment she was healed, Jesus said, Daughter, you took a risk in touching me, and now you're healed. So you think about this whole thing, you gotta, you gotta catch it for a moment. She's in this crowd. Now, if you come in, we have a relatively small entry place here, and there are people, and and by the way, those of you that uh, are here before you leave today. Go back. There's all kinds of wonderful uh, mementos and pictures of these graduates from when they were like hot out of the womb until they're you know right where they are now. Are you there? And but if you go back there today, or you try to push back there, and if you were walking there and you said to someone stand "Well, who touched me?" You say, "Well, there's a bunch of people around here looking at you know these kids growing and looking at all of this stuff." Or, "Or I came in and, and who touched me?" But you see, I believe that Jesus. Had a, an ability to perceive when someone was touching him with a need, or, or they had a need. He could recognize that. You go, and I, and, and I was going through and just underlining in my Bible where it says in, in the Gospels, and, and Jesus perceived in his heart, and, and Jesus knew, and, and all of these things. And you can say, well, you know, Pastor Arnie, that's fine, but that's Jesus. Let me take this a step further, book of John. 14th chapter beginning at the 11th verse it says this believe me i am in my father and my father in me if you can't believe that believe then these works the person who trusts me will not only do what i'm doing but even greater things because i am going to the father and i'm giving you the same work to do that i've been doing you can count on it now are you getting this here Many times we think about that, well, that's praying for people, and Pastor Ryan prayed today and felt prompted of the Holy Spirit that there were needs here and all that stuff, and and bang. But I want you to know today that my Bible tells me that things that Jesus did, we can do, and even have a perception about us of what's going on around us. And this will help you in every level of your life. I use it relatively exclusively now in this role of my life in touching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'll, I'll go on and I'll share a few things with you, how you can use it in an educational system, in a work system, in a family system. And I, I really believe parents, and, and especially ladies, i, I got to tell you this, ladies, I believe that women have a longer antenna as far as the area of perception than men. But that's not an excuse for us guys not to be perce- perceptive. I think we say, Jesus, just lengthen my antenna. But let's quickly get into this uh, little acrostic on this word because uh, my time is running short. And uh, are you ready? Now, do you believe the Word of God? Now, if God's Word... Okay, remember, Jesus was touched by a lady who had a need in a crowd. Jesus said, who touched me? I believe that it is available to us today to tap in and really maximize our potential... With the spirit of understanding and perception. Now, as I told you, I use this all the time in leading people to Christ. I'll I'll listen for a word, or, or if there's, if there's a sickness, or you know, and I can tell you story after story where, when I hear that little opening, that's when, it's that moment, and most people walk right by them. So let's look at this word. What is the first letter in the word aware? A. That is very good. Give yourself a hand. You're already moving into the, the, the a level of perception here. I, I jotted down a couple things. And as I develop this book and pray for me, there'll be a lot of words that I'll associate with the letter A. But the first one I put down was ask. Doesn't the Bible say, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it? So many times we're asking for stuff or we're asking for healing or all those other... And that's fine. But on the other hand, I think it's time that we in the church ask for a new level Of perception. Ask that the Holy Spirit will open up things for us that are amazing. Now we hear the word and another A word would be anointed. Anointed. You hear, well, people are anointed, or they're really what anointing is is simply the presence of God settling on your life, and, and that is settling on your life for a purpose. And I believe that we need to open ourselves up much wider than saying to Pastor Ryan, well, that was really an anointed message or, or listening some, to some preacher or, or reading a particular book that touches you. And, and I can't wait. I, I saw someone come in today wearing Tim Tebow's jersey. And man, that, got, that kid's got a great testimony. You know, it almost makes me want to hope for the Denver Broncos. It's hard, but, uh, but when we're in Utah, that's all we get on the TV anyhow because it's right in that Rocky Mountain area there. But if you listen to that kid... He's using his football career as a podium to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's very much aware of what is going on in his life and his gifting and to use and spread the message of Jesus Christ. It's something he lives. I think too many times we check into church or we check into a Bible study or we check into a small group and we do all that stuff and then we check out and we just sort of live oblivious to what's going on around us. We're sort of like... And this is scary, but it happens all the time. I was thinking about it early this morning. How many of you, when you drive back and forth to work or back and forth to school or or you've got a certain destination, most people are very uh, uh, path-oriented. They usually go the same way, right? Did you ever get home or did you ever get to work and say, did I stop at that stop sign? Hello? Because you're just sort of on this zombie cruise control. Right? So, yeah, you probably stopped. I mean, your brain's pretty magnificent. And you're out there in, in, somewhere in, in, in some other land. But, oh, yeah, you know, part... And, but we go through our Christian life like that a lot of times. We, we're not anointed and ready. The Bible says we should be ready at a moment's notice. And that, that we should begin to pray, God, peak my awareness. I ask you, God, to anoint me with your power and 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 look for the directions by the way it's very important going back to that driving thing go different ways diff, you know, go different ways so that you keep on track so you don't miss the stop sign and hit me all right i think i think we we fail to ask for directions now you've heard this little old story but and this is uh and by the way I, we're also aware in this room we have great kid stuff And really, it's getting better and better. Lori's doing a great job back there, and things are being developed. My wife's back there teaching. She was so excited. She got up this morning. She had her little feet cut out because she's teaching this little lesson, putting down feet and doing all this stuff. Great kid stuff. Much more understandable on their level than me. So if you bring kids into the service, and you bring babies in here, and they start crying, I'm very aware of that. So you should be aware that when they start spouting off, take them out. All right, just a freebie right there. But we don't ask for directions, do we? And men are terrible. Men are the worst. I heard a guy say one time, that's why there can be one egg in the reproductive process and there's thousands of sperm. That's because you need that many sperm to find the one egg because men don't ask for directions. I've got to move along. That that was maybe PG-13, so we'll... Ask. Aware. What's the next letter? Work. Write down the word work. I'm developing, I'm developing a number of these. And they've asked me to come to Houston sometime in September. And we have... Uh, I'll, I'll preach four or five times there in about a four-hour thing... And they actually helicopter you from one site to the other site so you can get there. But here's what they want to do. They want to to get that large congregation aware so that it can be instead of 14,000, it can be 28,000. Not because of the numbers, because it represents souls. We have to get people... But you know what all of this takes? It takes work. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 5, it says that we should do the work of an evangelist. I, you've heard me say this before if you've been in churches where I've pastored, every great plan degenerates into work. Your greatest testimony is your work ethic. It used to be, and it's still to some degree, and we were talking about this yesterday with uh, with Gary Lefebvre out at a graduation party, but there was a time when people would like to hire people from Wisconsin because they had a good work, work ethic. A lot of that revolved around people coming off the farm because if you were raised on a farm or worked on a farm. You know all about work. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> work ethic is so important. And here's as this thing about perception. Do you want to be the best witness? Then be the best worker. Don't come sliding in late. Are you there? Get there early. Look at what's going on around you. Begin to evaluate how you can be better in that place. Quit moaning and groaning and complaining, and just prepare and, pre- and, and ask the Lord, that's the first, ask Him to anoint you so that when you go to W, when you go to work, that you can be the best at work. I will tell you this. Most people in America today have lousy work ethics. They're looking for a ride. They're looking just to get by. Are you with me today? And here's how you can get jump ahead so far of the curve By going to work, being perceptive, doing the best that you can do. Don't do just enough to get by, but be the best that you can be and say, God, help me to see. I really believe God wants to bring into your minds, even on the workplace, great ideas to make the job place better. Then you jump in and you do it. And all of a sudden, people are going to come to you and say, what's going on in your life? And, and, and the owners and the employees and, and, the, and the people who are over you, your supervisors, everybody's going to say, what is the deal with you? Then what do you say? What do you say? You say, it is God in me. I give Him the glory. That's what Joseph did when he rose up in Potiphar's house. That's what Joseph did when he was in jail, Right? And that's what Joseph did after the Pharaoh slipped the ring on his finger and said, where can we find such a person to run this program? I see in this room unbelievable potential that will go against the vein of what's happening in society if we'll just get to work. And then it talks about doing the work of an evangelist. That's just sharing Christ. Share the Lord. Make opportunities. Listen to what's going on around you. Some of the greatest ways that you can testify is being the best that you can be in the environment where you're placed. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, let's move along quickly here. The next letter is A again. Action. 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 In Luke 14, 23, the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and byways and hedges and compel them to come in. You see, this is another thing that's, that, that is lacking in the church today. Is we come to church, we might like church, we love Jesus. If He comes back, we're going to heaven. But we're really not involved in the action. I like action. I like things happening. You know, you've got to ask yourself the question, I'm telling you what, if this church quits growing, we're building a building, and that's just the first step. We've already got our eyes across the street at the eight acres that are across the street from this facility. We've already talked about this facility we're building now, this 11,800 square feet, eventually just being a a youth area and maybe an administrative building across the street because we want to make more room. You have to ask yourself the question, what is church all about? See, church is a place to make you to become a fisher of men. Church is a place where you can share what you have. If your church remains small, you've got to look at what's going on and say, Hey, what's happening here? What's going on? And it doesn't matter the size. That's why they're bringing me down to Houston. I mean, it's a big church. I mean, you walk in, it's cavernous. There's 340,000 square feet. The auditorium looks like a, a basketball arena. And it's pretty full. But if we can get those people aware, get them off of their spot where they are. I had to be careful. I was going to choose the wrong word there. I've done that before. But people have had to forgive me. And get them going, they can be more effective. You can never stop. That thing has to be moving. This isn't just some theological place where you share great theological concepts and you know just, just come. And, and, and it's to, to give you fuel to get you out there. You're already out there, most of you, but you're not compelling. Maybe you're not compelling because you're not working. Maybe you're not compelling because you're not perceptive. People around you, ladies and gentlemen, are hurting. And their, 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 their lives are tough. Their, their families are in disarray. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about all kinds of stuff. It's unprecedented today what's going on. And we have the opportunity to be the action force. In John fourteen twenty three and 24 in and the message box is because a loveless world sees Jesus as a sightless world. If anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word and my father will love him. will move right in, out into the neighborhood. Not loving me means not keeping my words. The message you are hearing isn't mine. It's the message of the father who sent me. Get a plan. I love this. Get a plan and work the plan. Man, if you've ever been in a sales meeting... Man, that's what they tell you. Get a plan and work the plan. Get a plan and work the plan. Are you there? A lot of people get the plan, they never work it. Right? So you, you work the plan. You, you become aware. And action. Be, people like action. People begin to see what's going on. They, they want to be a part of something that has action. They want to be propelled out into, into the world to be what God intended them to be. And I will tell you this, if you want to be blessed, yeah, be generous. Don't be a tightwad. I had a scary thing happen yesterday morning. You know they had that uh, deal over at Lambeau Field where they start selling the uh, stuff that they sell in the pro, uh, in the pro shop for Walmart prices. In the, are you there? It's, it's like a, a garage sale. Of, are, you, are you getting me? You hear about 8 o'clock yesterday morning, Lambeau Field, they move all of the stuff they want to get rid of out of the pro shop and out of their storage places into the atrium. So every year, the last number of years, even when we visited, we'd go there and we'd pick up some reasonable Packer memorabilia. So we went out and had a cup of coffee, got there at quarter to eight, opens at eight o'clock. Guess what? Wrapped around Lambeau Field, 10 deep, all the way around, were people waiting to get in there to get a bargain piece of Packer memorabilia. And then I, we, we got in the room eventually. We didn't get in the line. We sat on one of the little benches, and I looked up at Vince and Curly for about a half an hour. And, and then we sort of moved in, and it was just like a zoo in there. People were grabbing stuff like wild because they wanted a piece of, 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 of Super Bowl stuff, you know. We might be Super Bowl champions two years in a row and not even only have to play one of the years. I mean, it, who knows, but... And I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great if every church in this community, an hour before it started, there were rows, ten deeps, wrapped around the facility in their parking lot waiting to get in to get a hold of a piece of Jesus. Come on now! You know, could it happen? Yes. And it will happen when you and I become as compelling and as exciting and, and 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 so full of of reality, and so full of Jesus. Do you believe that can happen? And action and winning draws a crowd. You know what I mean. So action's important. What's the next letter? R. Ah, that's good. I don't have much built up here yet, but I wrote down the word repent. Repent. Now I'm not talking about you as. Unbelievers, if you're here and you don't know Christ, you can accept Him. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my life. Forgive me. But I think there needs to be a massive repentance in the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have missed so many opportunities to be all that Jesus wants us to be. We've missed so many opportunities. As I got the, the email from the gentleman I met on a plane a couple years ago. What if I'd have just sat there and said nothing. But he opened right up. You see, how many young people have you guys missed the opportunity in school? Now I didn't I didn't find Christ till I was twenty. One of the, the greatest feelings of despair I get from time to time is that I couldn't have gone through high school as a born-again believer, living my life for Jesus, loving God, putting him first, being the best student I could be, the best. The best athlete I could be, and give God the honor. What we need is a, a baptism of being like T, Tim Tebow. Because he gives all the glory to God. Are you with me? He tells the story about how the doctors wanted his missionary mother to have an abortion because it, it, things didn't look right in this pregnancy. But we live in a world today where. When you bring up the subject of abortion and you get it into the political arena, you're immediately attacked. And like I told you last week, my daughter's living every 24 hours. I don't think I've ever met a pregnant woman in my life that is milking as much day to day out of being pregnant as my daughter. Get on Facebook. Talk to her on the phone. You would think she's the only woman in the world that ever had a baby. Every moment. Man, she knows everything that's going on. But yet... Even at her six six and a half months right now, if she wanted to, she could go and find somewhere to go into her womb and rip that little life out. Are you with me? I mean, where are we taking a stand? Where are we saying, wait a minute, that's wrong. Come on now. I mean, the great witness, even secular sports guys, who didn't think Tim Tebow has much a chance of being a very good NFL quarterback. Even the guy with all the hair on ESPN that is their main analyst on, on draft, who didn't think he should get drafted in the first round, thought he was a third and fourth round pick. You know what he said on TV? He said, I hope I made a mistake on him. Why? Because he exudes the love of Jesus. You see, I believe that God just wants you to repent and become wherever you are, if it's a factory worker or, or a student or you own a employer, or you're in management, that you would begin to ooze the presence of Jesus. And begin to be aware so that when you're in a crowd and that person with a knee bumps into you, that all of a sudden you just you, you tune into it. Hello. I'll give you the last word in a minute. I've got seven minutes. Bow your heads for a moment. This is for every everybody in this room. I think if you were honest with me today, and Dave, you can come back and bother me, where are you? He doesn't really bother me, he plays the piano real nice, though. So your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. How many of you'd honestly say, you know what, Pastor Arnie? I have not been that kind of Christian. I have a heart, but I'm really not aware. And I I, I want to put it in gear. I want to put all of the other Mickey Mouse stuff off to the side. And I want to be aware as a Christian. I want to be aware on the job. And I want to be aware as a student. And I want to be aware as a mom or a dad. I'm telling you what, if you ask Jesus, He'll tell you what's going on in your kid's life and you can cut off some real problems at the pass. Just, Just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. If we could just get this couple hundred people in this room today to grab a hold of that concept, we couldn't build buildings fast enough. We would be sending people to churches all over this town if we would just become employers would get converted. You would get raises like you never thought before. You would get advanced like never before. You would become so valuable because that's why Jesus came and died and came into your life. And we're living so far beneath our privileges and as every head is bowed and every eye is closed unless you're living this thing to the hilt there are people in this room your job situation so lousy you're depressed you don't even want to get up in the morning you're not being a representative or or you were hot at one time now things have cooled off and you're second guessing how many of you want to get it back on track put your hands right up right now all over this room father I close my eyes because I don't want to see someone who's not raising their hand because I don't think there's one of us in here that, that hasn't lived some time in our life where we've gotten off track. And Father, as these hands are raised right now, make them aware of the fact that Jesus said we could do greater things, that we could have greater perception, that we could be more valuable to the kingdom. Lord, make us aware. Lord, let us wake up to the fact that the signs of the time, Jesus said, they that see these things come to pass, look up, their redemption draweth nigh. Lord, we want to see a great repentance in the church and we want to begin to be vital. We want to fill our cars with people. We want to talk to our neighbors. We want to be the best at the work. Not being pushy, but Lord, having such God-given charisma, which simply means grace-gifted, that we will be like magnets and our, and our, and our shyness as a kid is not an excuse. Where we're raised is not an excuse. How much money we have or don't have is not an excuse. So we repent in Jesus' name. Take your hands down. I close with this. Thanks, Dave. E. Stand up. I'll probably have to preach this again. It'll be a series. It'll be a little book. But E stands for excellent. You know what will propel you to greatness? Greatness is to do what you do with excellence I travel in a lot of churches big and small so much is done with a spirit of slothfulness are you there it's sad when I was a young pastor my first church in Merrill, Wisconsin nine women three men And I went to the first big district meeting, and a man who became a good friend of mine over the years, still a good friend today, he's the president of a Bible college out in in Maine now. His name is Charles Crabtree. He was raised in a pastor's home in Bangor, Maine. And he said that was a very poor area and people didn't have much. And he said, my mother being the pastor's wife, Every Sunday, she would come to church with little brown bags, with a bar of ivory soap, and a washcloth. And she would say to these people coming in who were dirty and, and not clean, she would say to him, He said, I remember hearing my mother say, She said, Honey, you might be poor, but you must be clean. And then he said this, and I was pastoring this little church. Nine women, three men in Merrill, Wisconsin. You may be small, but you must be excellent. So we had a great bulletin. We, we acted like we had a thousand people. The grass was cut. The bathrooms were clean. And I cleaned a lot of them. The whole place exuded the fact of excellence. I'm talking about your house. I'm talking about what you do at work. I'm talking before you, you sign in and turn in that assignment or or you, you email it off or whatever you do with it, make sure that it's excellent. If you will do it with a spirit of excellence and you be aware of what's going on around you, the sky's the limit. Do you believe it? Live that repentance we talked about. Now bow your head.